The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. And that's because the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe has some great features like the available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, and much, much more. So think about those places that you want to go, the things that you'd like to do this weekend and where the Santa Fe can take you. Learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Freaking first cut. Golly! What's good, everybody? Welcome into the first cut. I am the coach in for Rick alongside my main man, KP. Kyle Porter, what's good, man? Uh, not much, coach. Just uh, finishing up round one here. It was a uh, it was an eventful day, although it looks like it might not be an eventful weekend given how Scotty Shuffler played in the first. <laughs> I said today at one point, I said, if he plays like this for today and tomorrow, it's going to be a victory lap over the weekend. Thank goodness, though. As we look at it, they're wrapping up on 18 right now. Scotty Scheffler uh, shoots a five under 65. Best round of the day, Kyle. Uh, two guys shot uh, 64s. Yep. Patrick and Joaquin Neiman. Xander doing what Xander does. He shoots a 66. And then the craziest round of the day, Rory McIlroy. He had four pars, eight birdies, an eagle, four bogeys, and a triple bogey. All in 18 holes. And apparently his caddy, KP, told him it was the craziest 18 holes he'd ever seen him play. It was it was absurd. I mean, uh, I don't know if we want to start with Rory, but he <laughs> made he made four pars, shot sixty seven, and I think the craziest part, coach, is he was almost last in driving. He got into a ton of trouble uh, on the first hole, tripled that hole, lost a ton of strokes from tee to green, and still shot sixty seven. It, it was just it was a strange day all the way around. But yeah. I, I mean, obviously the headliner is is Scheffler. And I thought what was weird about his round coach, I, I know you watched all most, if not all of it, uh, and covered it. It didn't even feel like he played that well. You're exactly and shot, right. And he shot 65. Yeah. I mean, he makes, he makes the early Eagle on what was that? Six, six, he birdied three and then Eagle six. And yep. from then until 17, you're just like, yeah, he's just playing fine. He saves a bogey here and there, makes a bunch of pars. And then all of a sudden you look up and you're like, oh, he's five up. He shot the second best round, I guess, third best round of the day. And his only competition, in my opinion, is one guy, which is Xander. And that's the... 
I guess that's just the benefit of starting of having a great year, right? And starting where mm-hmm. you start at the top of the at the top of the board at ten under. Uh, so, I to me that was a big takeaway is that Scheffler, and it, it, that's a little bit of who he is as a player. You you kind of watch him and you're like, yeah, he's playing fine, and you're like, oh, he shot a sixty six, you know. And there are guys like that. Uh, it's not super flashy with him. It doesn't always look that great with him. But man, he he can score and it's super impressive. And I thought, you know, even a lot of the par and bogey saves that he made throughout his round were just as impressive as, as the scoring that he did. There's no question about it. He had two short misses. He had a lip out uh, for birdie. He had a really short miss for birdie. He would have been two deeper uh, than what he would have been at. The craziest part for me, and I've got to stop doing this when I call uh, Scotty, because we called his entire round, uh, is if you just put a camera KP on his feet and you said, what kind of a golfer is this? You'd say 12 <laughs> handicap. Yeah. I mean, it's like it's the craziest thing I've ever seen, but he's been doing this since he was a little kid, and that's just what he's used to. And I, I just think that – especially guys like myself have got to stop thinking at some point he's going to stop playing well. Cause it's, he's just fantastic. Even on 18, he was deep in that Bermuda grass that just sucks the ball, still got it onto the green with one of those step through uh, shots that he does. And he just figures out a way. And I think Xander does is the same way. They just figure out a way, like you said, to score. Flip side of that, he played with Patrick Cantlay and Cantlay did Eagle 18. But other than that, he didn't play well at all today. Well, it, it's and it's weird too because I think Scheffler is a little Spethian in that you watch singular shots and you're like, I don't know, like is this what is this? <laughs> and you watch Cantlay, you watch individual shots of Cantlay, and you're like, man, this guy's unbelievable. Like he's got every shot right. Like he hits these beautiful towering irons and and it, it it i mean that in and of itself just it it speaks to just golf being completely absurd and it do, like it doesn't um it doesn't always reward what looks the prettiest you know and that's i mean we we know that that's a hundred year old theme and yet it's hard to remember it every day sometimes because because you watch it and you're like oh this is this is what it's supposed to look like and then the guy that it it's not what it's supposed to look like goes out and beats that guy by you know five shots or whatever so I think Cantlay was was fine uh, it's just I think it's so difficult coach to um, I mean he he went back to back at BMW and and to do it at Eastlake. Um, it's, it's just really hard. And he didn't have a great day today. He, I think he needed to get off, especially with the way Sheffler is playing and played last week. Sheffler was really good last week. Finished T3 at the BMW. And I thought Cantlay needed to just... I don't know if he needed to catch him, but he did. He needed to not be down seven after the first day. That's just... <laughs> that's really problematic. And it's the reason that I think there's only one guy that can catch Sheffler right now. Well, they're showing highlights on Golf Channel, and the one hole I'd forgotten about this, and I called it, was Scheffler when he went from the bunker over the green and then still yeah. uh, was able to get it up and down for a really good bogey and save a shot there. That yeah, was nine, great. right? I, I think it was I, nine. I, I believe it was, yes. That long, yeah, it was a part, long, it was a part three. three. Yeah. I yeah. think the thing about this, and now that we've had a couple of years to get used to this staggered start, it's always one of two things on Thursday. Is, is the guy in first going to put the pedal down? Does he have what it takes? Or is that number one seed going to play a little conservative because they have a two-shot lead? Scheffler is the former. 
He doesn't care. He'll step on your throat and keep his foot there for 18 holes. Don't let the, hey, I love God, I'm a nice guy, fool you. This guy is a savage, and I think we're starting to see it this entire year. Now, with that being said, he's at 15 under, and now as we start to go down the list and look at other guys today, there was pretty good scoring. So we had a bunch of guys that shoot three under, Sunjay, Cam Smith, McElroy, Cameron Young shot a three under, Justin Thomas, uh, John Rom. So a bunch of guys shot three under 67. Did anybody jump out to you? Uh, I think Xander. I mean, just his history here. Uh, I don't know if you mentioned Xander in that group. No, you well, did. he shot he shot a four under. That's th- these are the guys. Xander shot a sixty six. I mentioned the guys that shot sixty seven. But you can talk. Right. Xander's too, Xander's in that same group. Well, I wanted to jump to Xander because he's so good at this course. And I mean, you look at his course history. He he gains. He's played twenty. Uh, I think one twenty one rounds here now. This is his his sixth appearance, and he gains three and a half strokes around on the field. And these fields are not. No offense, but they're not John Deere fields. They're not 3M open fields, you know, and and to contextualize that Tiger in his career at Eastlake, he gains about 3.3 strokes per round. So Xander is 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 better than Tiger over the course of his career at Eastlake where Tiger's had a lot of success. He's won multiple times. Um mm-hmm. And Xander's just been unbelievable at this golf course. And that's why, you know, we go back to the to the to our best bets from Tuesday. I I just felt like he was like a lock to finish in the top five. And maybe he doesn't, but it it certainly looks that way after round one. And I think he's the only guy, if I'm Scheffler, and Scheffler's probably not even thinking about this right now, but if 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 he is, he's the guy that I'm most concerned about because he's so consistent, he won't go away. He doesn't make a ton of mistakes, um, and he's just so good at this golf course. So uh, it, that that stood out to me from kind of the the like the top of the board. Rory was interesting. I don't know if it was good. It was it was <laughs> it was a roller coaster. Uh, he you know he could get hot and shoot a couple sixty fives, I guess. But I just I don't know, Coach. I don't know how you feel. It feels like a two horse race to me. It feels like Xander and it feels like Schaffler and Scheffler, which good luck to announcers everywhere, including yourself, with that over the weekend. But it's, I've screwed it up so many times. It's so it's 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 very difficult. But um, it feels like those two guys. And I picked Scheffler before the week. I, it's hard to imagine him not winning with a five stroke lead after you know with just fifty four holes to go. But who knows? I mean, we could get something crazy from Joaquin Neiman. Matt Fitzpatrick was really good. Man, he's so he's First so round. long. Yeah. The the uh, the the drive he hit on eighteen was absurd. I don't know what the number was. I could look it up here in a second. But he had just such a easy shot into eighteen there, made eagle to shoot sixty four. He, he's he's really stood out to me. Is I I don't know if he's like most improved player in the world this year because he was already really good, but. He's been just awesome, and uh, I, I was impressed by him in the first round. I was, too, and he was very kind of aw shucks uh, after his round about a 60-40. He says, I, I like this place. It's my first time here, and there's a lot of guys. Uh, there's a lot of first-timers uh, here, but when you look at it, I think I'm going to need to buy you dinner, uh, Kyle, because of I really listened to what you said on Tuesday, and today uh, we gave out Xander in a matchup. Because of what you said on Tuesday, we cashed that on the early edge. I played all of Xander's props that I could because you give us all the numbers, and then he goes out, and I never felt like he wasn't going to shoot at least a 66 today. Well, and it's 
Yeah, it, it's not just the course history, right? If it was just that, you'd be like, okay, that there's something there. But he's also playing great, and yeah. it got a little, it got a little buried by, you know, he wins the Scottish, he wins the Travelers, then he was, he was okay. I can't remember where he finished at the Open Championship. I think he was okay there. Nothing, nothing crazy. Yeah, um, I remember. And and all that got buried by, uh, by the Open by you know, live and like all this other stuff. It's like, wait a second. Xander's Xander's like one of the three best guys in the world right now. And if you're marrying up single players to single courses, it's like Rory and quail hollow. It's Hideki and Phoenix and it's Xander and East. Like, I mean, you could go down the list of, of other guys and other courses, but it, it's been, the numbers are extraordinary. And, uh, so I'm glad to hear that, uh, Glad to hear you might make a little money off that. Oh, I'm not going to make. What? I'm not going to make a little. <laughs> I've already made a lot. <laughs> I've already made a lot. I'm not even going to tell you the number, but uh, it's definitely in the four figures. So I owe you dinner. I owe you dinner for sure. Uh, and what's crazy was the number for Xander KP was so much lower. I think it was the the biggest discrepancy between with the staggered start and without the staggered start. On Zan, yeah, because I mean his number was really, really low to be the lowest guy if you didn't have the stagger start. So yeah, I think that's pretty cool. Uh, a couple other small nuggets. Uh, Aaron Wise went out today. He had to play by himself, KP, because of the <laughs> Wills out tours. And I, I said when we started, because I had the very first tee shot, and I said, "Is this going to be a good thing to Billy Kratzer or a bad thing?" As well, some guys like playing by themselves. Well, he really did. He went out and shot a bogey free, sixty five by himself, matched by JT Poston as well. Yeah, he was good. I think what's interesting about him, I wrote about this a little bit after after the round, is I, I don't I don't think he's playing for a President's Cup spot, but he might be. You know, I, I think he's a really interesting President's Cup guy with Zalatoris out. Mm-hmm. You've got a clear cut top eleven. And then beyond that, you've got kind of a weird mix of guys. You've got some veterans like Kevin Kisner, you've got some journeyman like Tom Hoagie and then you got wise a little bit further down the list um he, he's in that category where he's still young enough that you're like huh, he he might be on some american teams in the future you know he's he's i think he's a little underrated he's really solid uh he can be streaky but that just stood out to me of like huh if he if he has a really good week i wonder if that means anything excuse me for the uh the president's cup uh, captain's picks here over the next couple of weeks. I think right now, at least from what I'm hearing down here, I think everything is on the table when it comes to the President's Cup. And I feel like because of where it's being played at, and I don't know if you agree with this, I feel like Kisner's going to be on the outside looking in again because it's not a good course for him. No, it's not. He did finish uh, up near the top at the 2017 PGA that was played at Quahala, but broadly, I agree with you. It's not... It, <laughs> you don't, like... If you're going to uh, Austin Country Club, where he's dominated at the match play, you take Kevin Kisner, right? But yeah. if you're go- but if you're going to Beth Page or Quail Hollow or Whistling Straits, like we saw last year, you 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 probably don't, you know. And and uh, so I don't know. I don't. We probably don't need to get too deep on like the twelfth man on the U.S. <laughs> roster at the President's Cup, that's, that's but probably true. The, the wise thing did stand out to me. Data Golf had some numbers about how of the available Americans, he's among you know the ten or so best uh, in in recent months. So I don't know. That just kind of uh, that intrigued me about his his first round at uh, at the Tour Championship today. 
All right. Very good. Uh, not much else stood out. A lot of guys at uh, one under, two under. Uh, so we will leave it right there. Now, we got to look forward to tomorrow. The odds have just come out. We'll talk about that. But first, we've got to hear from one of our incredible partners. It's a really fine line creating workout clothes that are great in the gym and workout clothes that are also great to look at outside the gym. And Viore has threaded that needle. They are designed to work out in, but they don't look like it. They don't feel like it. And it's incredibly comfortable stuff, whether you are running, training, swimming, doing yoga, running errands, lounging around the house. It really doesn't matter. These are versatile clothes. You'll find me often in the men's Sunday performance jogger because I I like the jogger situation that goes on down at the bottom, but they're very comfortable. Uh, They've got a little bit of a shorter inseam, so they're not as bulky as as other pants or other joggers that I have seen out there, and I've really enjoyed how they work both in and out of the gym. So now, here's what you can do for four our listeners. Uh, First-time purchasers are getting 20% off. All you have to do is go to viori.com slash first. That's V-U-O-R-I.com slash first. Again, not only will you receive 20% off your first order, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75. And here's my favorite part, free returns. Yeah, go check it out. Viori.com slash first and discover the versatility of Viori clothing. Did you know that more than 75% of Americans will experience foot pain in their lifetime, but only 10% will seek out a solution for that pain? Those numbers do not add up to me, and I know it can be confusing, the biomechanics of the foot, the bones, the muscles, everything in between, but solving foot pain is simple, and that's where Superfeet comes into play. These Superfeet insoles go into your shoes, give your feet comfort and support where they need it the most, and redistribute the forces that reduce both stress and strain through your entire body, not just your feet. Insoles have been uh, phenomenal for me uh, personally, and they are are clinically proven to decrease fatigue, reduce injury, and improve comfort. I can attest to that myself, especially when walking uh, a lot of golf holes that I play. So if you feel good, you play good, you look good, everything works out from there, and it starts from the bottom up. Visit superfeet.com and enter promo code FIRST at checkout for 15% off your first order, plus free shipping. And we are back. All right, the... At least the odds, KP, have just come out courtesy of Caesar Sportsbook. And I'm going to be honest with you. This Scotty Scheffler number, I might pound that tonight mm. because he's got a – if I just ask you, KP, what would you bet if I gave you Scotty Scheffler and a five-shot lead over the field, what would you say? Well, yeah, it's uh... – I think the hard part is there's so much golf left. I know. And I think we're a little bit still, we're still a little bit biased by the, the, uh, the 10 under number at the beginning of the week, where if, if you told me like, Hey, Scheffler shot a 60 on Thursday and the next best round was 65. I'd be like, yeah, that, that's really good. And it sounds like he, he could win, but I just, I, I think I, I, I think I'm more compelled because he started out in front of everybody, if that makes sense. Um, sure. and, and I don't know that that's necessarily the right way to look at it. I think the guy that I'm most intrigued by, if you'll, if you'll scroll, scroll down, uh, on this list is 
the, there you go. Joaquin Neiman at 25. So wow. Joaquin Neiman goes back to back. What do you shoot? 63, 63 to open Riviera earlier this year. Wire to wire. He's, yep. he's just somebody that when he gets hot, you're like, I, we might get four 64s in a row. I mean, the odds are not good, but he, he's, he's one of those types of guys to me that is just terrifying when he's hot because it looks it, it just is like everything he touches is is a three, you know? Yeah. Um, so I think that's really interesting because he's only, what is he? F- he's, well, he's seven back. So he's, he's two, <laughs> he's two back of second, right? So if you, if you, I, I think it'd be interesting to hit Scheffler and somebody like Neiman where it's like, okay, I'm, I'm betting both the leader. And then also I'm kind of betting on who's going to finish second. And then if Scheffler collapses, then you get that guy as your winner. I don't. That, I'm not saying that correctly, but you're getting kind of you're you're kind of getting it going both ways. Here's what I would do. Here's what I would do. With Xander being plus five fifty, I would bet five hundred on Scotty. That's going to be like a seven hundred dollar bet, right? Then you'd put a hundred on Xander. If he wins, then you're going to win five fifty. It's basically a washer. You're protecting, but you're only betting a hundred against the five. Right, so you could win five hundred, and then maybe sprinkle a little bit on Neiman, which two back, and now yeah. that five hundred dollar bet is protected by two hundred dollars. So you're going to come out as long as Scheffler's there with those two guys. That's what I I, would do. I, I like that. I I yep. do like that because I don't. I mean, Fitzpatrick is interesting. Cantlay, I I don't know. I, I I don't. I'm not feeling Cantlay, and then I think everybody else is too far back. I mean. They're so far. They're so far. It's Rory and Cam, I guess, but I I, eat back on the number one part world with three to go. That uh, that That Rory number, that's a sucker's bet. If you're watching right now, that Rory number of plus 1400, you're like, oh, that feels pretty good. He's eight back. Yeah. Eight back. That's a sucker number. As good as he is at this golf course, it's hard to envision him. Uh, is he? Could he finish in the top four for sure? Mm-hmm. Is he going to win the golf tournament? <sighs> I, I don't. I don't think so. All right. Well, we will be back on Friday night. Uh, before we get out of here, because we had a a really good conversation that I watched between Rick and Greg about all the changes that we uh, announced here at the PGA Tour. I got to be a part of a meeting yesterday that I was thrilled to be a part of, and a lot of these changes. And I know KP that they're looked at as reactionary. I know for a fact because I couldn't talk about it. Some of them I was told about three or four months ago. But regardless, it doesn't matter. The changes are being made. The top players are going to be called the top players. So I think some of what you've argued and some of what I've argued has kind of come together. I would love your thoughts, and I know the the fans at home would love your thoughts on all the changes the tour uh, has decided they're going to make. Yeah, I mean, they're... (laughs) Well, unfortunately, we don't have three hours for me to give all my thoughts. But um, yeah, I I think it is. It's would you have liked to have seen? Here's the hard thing about the PGA Tour. And I think this is what people are, I think, in some cases, rightfully frustrated by with the tour. And I've voiced this in some cases. What's you know, what's really difficult to do is to implement change when you are the clear cut leader in a given industry, right? That's like the best companies in the world do that. 
it's really hard. And I think that we sort of yeah. look at some organizations and are like, oh, well, you should have you should have seen this coming and done X, Y, and Z. And some of that's some of that is fair. Like I've been critical of the tour. I think they have done a bad job of creating this sprawling schedule that is just not that compelling in a, in a lot of cases to kind of satiate or satisfy 250 people when, as we have talked about coach, there's like eight people that matter to your product. Right. And, um, but in the tour's defense, like it's to go back a year ago or two years ago and, and, and say, Hey, we're going to make a bunch of change. Now I think the argument is like, Hey, could you have made like some significant changes over a long period of time? And should you have probably so? Like you probably got a little and bit. I would agree of, with that too. I would agree. Even though I work here, I would agree with that. Yeah. Like that. a sure. little bit resting on your laurel, whatever. Um, but all that being said, I'm pumped about next year. And I, and I had this, I had this real, I had this, I don't know if it's an, an epiphany, but I had this realization as all this stuff comes out, I was off on Wednesday. So I'm like trying to play with my kids and I'm like checking like what's going on. <laughs> and I, I had this moment where I was like, I don't know that I've ever been more excited for a, for a next year of golf. I mean, you think about getting all these guys together at the same events. And I think the best case scenario of that is to describe it like you're getting 12 players championships. That's not what it's going to be because the players championship is special. It's got a different history than, than other places. And the players championship can't be replicated 11 other times. I don't think, but it could be close to that. And that's awesome because the players championship is great. I look forward to the players championship every year. And I think we, I don't, I don't want to get into the details of like the pip and the money, like all that stuff. But I think just broadly speaking, it made me really excited about next year. And if I'm excited about next year, then I think that, my friends who are just fans of the PGA tour are also really excited about next year. And I think that's, I mean, that's a big win in a year of a bunch of little, a bunch of losses, you know, for at least like public relations wise for the PGA tour. That's a, that's a big victory. I think. Do you know how hard it was for me knowing some of this information? And then you and I would spar here on the first cut. And then the one day I remember, and I almost slipped up, and said something when you said, I want to see the best players play against the best players. More. <laughs> you remember that day? Do you remember that I, day? I do. Yeah. I had just had a meeting and they kind of told us and, and they tell like guys like me just enough, but not specifics. So, right. Yeah. So when you hear the story, they're like, Hey, we're going to have a tour within a tour. You're like, how is that going to work? Then it comes out that it's going to be nighttime, primetime, all that kind of stuff, which I think is going to be pretty cool. Full transparency. I've already called tiger. I've already called Roy. If I'm not the voice of that, then something's wrong in this world. But what I find the most inspiring about all of this is that they got the top players in the room. And I'm okay with calling them top players because for a long time, like you said, we never wanted to say that there was a difference, right? But there clearly is a difference between Rory, JT, Spieth, and lack of a better term, Sepp Straka, Tomo. You know what I mean? And so JT Poston. There you go, JT Poston. And for those guys to get in a room and say, we're going to commit to the same 17 tournaments 
and all play together 17 times. Then they got to play three more. Whatever the numbers are. But you're going to get them. What do we get them now? Maybe maybe eight, maybe nine, but not all of them. Now we're going to no. get all of them. And to yeah. me, that spoke volumes about the players. And I think, and to your point about making change, when you're adding hundreds of millions of dollars, it doesn't happen in a week or a month or even two months. There's a lot that goes into it. You got to go to companies who now are – are maybe cutting salaries or cutting people and say, listen, can you give me 10 million more dollars? Can we do this? So all that was taking place. I knew I'd say 65% of it. And so when I can't say anything here on the show, but I know it's coming, I think that's where my frustration was is Mm -hmm. knowing what was coming and just saying, let's give it time. It's coming. I'm super pumped because also from my perspective, they're going to elevate the announcers. So I'm going to get to do all the big tournaments. Yeah. I'm not going to have to do the John Deere. I'm not going to have to do the three M. So, and then also the other thing is every top player has to play three other events. So it's not like they're all going to get screwed over and not get top players either. Well, and I think what's interesting is, is what announcements they make. I saw Monahan said 45 to 60 days on some of the specifics. Mm-hmm. Do they make the extra four elevated events? Do they rotate them around? I think that would be, that's something that I talked about on here mm-hmm. of like, yeah, you know what would be sweet is the John Deere getting, instead of getting like one guy every year, getting every guy once every four years. That'd be amazing. Right? That'd be amazing. It would, it would be like a, I mean, to, to, to the John Deere, it'd be like a major, which yeah. is to me, that's just, I don't know. Maybe people who go to the John Deere and run the John Deere wouldn't agree. That is better than getting one top guy every year is you get all the top guys once every four years. And then you have a field that's not, not that good. The other three, and that's fine. Like that, that's just, that's kind of already what you're getting. Right. So you, you almost just get like this, this, uh, this bonus of getting all these top guys together at a, at a, and I don't know how that's going to work. I don't know if they will rotate it around, but I hope they do because that would, I think, keep up this sort of spirit that the tour has had of like, Hey, we go to these communities that are super interested in golf and have supported us over a long period of time. I hope they don't just jam those events into, or they, I hope they don't like plug them in forever to specific places. I hope they bounce them around so that, you know, people in, in the quad cities or in Phoenix or whatever, get, get to see all the top guys. Cause that's, that's part of the entertainment value of the PGA tour. Well, LeBron goes to Milwaukee, doesn't he? You know, <laughs> yeah. Kobe, you know, Kobe went to Oklahoma yeah. city. So yeah, totally. I, I think it's a great idea. And I think that, I think the players now understand uh, with them coming together this way. They understand what they need to do. If you want to be looked at like the NBA or the NFL, then you got to act like it. And if you're going to act like it, then all every top quarterback plays every Sunday. Everyone, they play every Sunday. You get to watch all of them. Well, that yeah, and that's what I, I think I made that point earlier this year about, and maybe it was on Twitter, maybe it was on here, I don't remember, but you don't tune into the NBA for two weeks in a row and don't see a single star. That never happens. You, you might there's load management and guys take days off and whatever, but you there's not like a two, like the two week stretch after the Open Championship where only Tony Finau is playing. You don't tune into the NBA and only Dame Willard is playing for two weeks. That would be absurd. Like that would Absolutely. never happen. And some of that is the tour's fault for like, I, I, like, like making the schedule where 
guys can play sort of whenever and 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 spreading it out over 11 and a half months and like i get why they do that and it does provide opportunities for the 200th guy or whatever to to play golf tournaments and it provides entertainment for fans but it just dilutes your product and so you almost if you're going to do that if you're going to keep that the 48 weeks or whatever you have to delineate the best weeks from the not best weeks otherwise otherwise the product is diluted and that leads to that's not that's not like the most that's not like the best way to make the most money and to make to even have a product 10 years from now and it took i think i think some of that was like already starting and maybe live accelerated it but whatever the case like i'm glad that they're moving toward that and just calling it what it is which is a stars portion of the tour and a not stars portion because honestly like that makes the overall product better even for the players that are not stars and if you're not a star and you want to complain about not being called a top guy guess what you can become a top guy it's going to be fluid so go out and earn it (laughs) two final things two final things uh actually one final thing the other thing uh two so the biggest thing, as you can imagine, that got an applause in our PGA Tour live meeting yesterday because we've been working year-round, and people that have to work during the NFL season, it's like spitting into the wind. You're like, why am I here announcing golf when I know nobody is watching? Is the fact that now we're only going to work January through August. And there'll still be golf in the fall, but we're not going to have PGA Tour live on, on golf in the fall because it just doesn't make sense to spend the money there. You can spend it and add production to other events, which is what they're going to do. And I'm all for that. The final thing, and I want your comment on this, is the fact that every player on the Corn Ferry Tour or anywhere else that's affiliated is going to get a half a million dollars guaranteed. And that was the other sticking point, is there's got to be some guaranteed money out there. There's going to be stipends for when you miss a cut so you can pay for your caddies. Uh, Plane ticket, $5,000 doesn't sound like a lot, but it is. It is. It covers expenses. And so now the Corn Ferry players are going bananas because now they're going to have a guaranteed $500,000. And I think that's awesome. Well, I think what's interesting about that, Coach, is I've been um, not critical. I've just sort of made the point that uh, I don't know if a like a pure meritocracy works in 2022 with how much money is thrown around uh, in in professional golf. And what they created was essentially um, guaranteed contracts. Mm-hmm. although they're being um, earned against, right? So it doesn't cost the tour a bunch of money, but right. guaranteed contracts, not only at the bottom, right? For these, for the, for the, for the 130th guy or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, but also at the top with the pip, right? And so you've got, you've got built, it, it's like a weird, and I, I, I don't, I don't know if it's the best way to do it, but it's the way they chose. And that's, that's fine. You've got You've got to it, like it's an you can't guarantee money if you're a nonprofit, and yet they found a way to sort of do it by by uh, promising money to the bottom that you earn against everybody, but specifically the bottom. Where if you give JT five hundred thousand dollars, he's like, cool, I'm gonna I'm gonna you know surpass that Why in two, tur- yeah, exactly. two tournaments. It's like it it it, it right. meaningless to the top guys, but it's not meaningless to the bottom guys. That and that's not on a, the court ferry tour. Wow. Right. But are all the corn fairy guys getting it? 
Yes. If you if I, you are corn fairy or higher, from what I was told and I understand, the corn fairy and higher gets a guaranteed half a million dollars. And a lot okay. of those guys make between a hundred and three hundred, and that's a good year on that tour. See, I thought it was I thought it was t- uh, tour exempt only, but I might have I might have misunderstood, misread that. This is um, all fluid. I. I, I, I Full disclosure, I could be wrong. There was a lot of stuff thrown at us. But I think that yep. the other thing is the money at the top that's guaranteed to guys that, frankly, are the ones that make 80% of your revenue, Correct. right? The Rory, JT, uh, Cantlay, Scheffler, whatever, whoever you want to throw in there. Now you got $100 million built into those top 20 guys. I think they could have left it at 10. I mean, whatever, like 20 is fine. But so you have guaranteed money at the top, you have guaranteed money at the bottom. And is that a perfect way to do essentially contracts for guys that to, to earn money? I, I, for a nonprofit, it might be, you know, and I think that's a, I think that is the only way that you, I don't know if it's like the ideal way, but I think it's the only way you can operate in 2022. I really do. And I, and so, to answer your question, I'm glad that they've that they've gone to that and are guaranteeing the best players the money that they're bringing in and the bottom players money against what they're earning so that they don't feel like, hey, I'm I'm having to like t- take out loans to play and to put to do my job. That's a that's Correct. an absurd thing. Most of the guys, uh, you know, they complain about paying for the caddy and the, the expenses are re- what really get to you. And I called three Corn Ferry Tour events in July and everybody that we talked to was like, well, I'm driving from here to there. To, and I'm like, oh, my God, no wonder you're exhausted when you show up. You're driving to all these events to save on plane tickets. Yeah. Now, the thing that I thought about, too, is all the guys, because we know the live contracts, you're you're bidding against it so when you win it's coming out of that signing bonus and all those hundred million whatever just five or six guys that's divided over four years so that's 25 million a year what do you think they thought yesterday when they've now gone to oblivion and yeah the money's nice but nobody's paying attention to them and now they see this where essentially the top guys can earn almost as much over the same period of time yeah it's it's really interesting because not only you know, you jeopardize your major status to do that, right? Like you put your, you put your, your major championship status for guys like, uh, like a, like a Kepka. Kepka's got a year or two left in major exemptions. Um, obviously for the PGA, he's got longer, but the USO and the US open also, but I think the others, I don't know, like is Kep is Brooks Kepka going to be in the masters in 2026? I don't know. Maybe, I don't know, maybe not. And so yeah. I, I, yeah, I think, um, you know, there's been a lot of, I've got, I don't know what you've gotten, but I've gotten a lot of, Hey, Phil was right. Vindication. And uh, it's me like, too. yeah, me too. it's like, well, maybe, but also like Phil was yelling about media rights and NFTs and a bunch of stuff that didn't change at all. Correct. Correct. And I, I think that, I wish, and Rory said this on Wednesday and he's like, listen, like as much as I hate to give Phil any credit at all, which was hilarious. Uh, there's some stuff that is probably, I don't, I don't know how he phrased it, but it's the, my takeaway was there's some stuff that's maybe gone down or happened faster than it would have because Phil and these guys left for live. And I think the frustration there, and this is sort of what Rory was getting at is like, yo, like, 
<laughs> you're Phil. Like if you get everybody together, like Rory and Tiger did and go to the tour and it's like, Hey, this is what, this is what we want to do. Well, what's the, the tour is going to say no, like right. get out of here. Like it, Correct. It, 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 I think it's being painted as like, Oh, well, our only option was to partner with the Saudi Arabian government. And you're like, what? <laughs> like that was, that was your only option. And I don't know. I just, I, I think that there's a lot of revisionist history that happens there. And I understand some frustration of like, Hey, this got done in, in however many weeks or months because the tour's panicking a little bit, not panicking, but just like fearful about what kind of what's going on. Uh, and it would, and, and I think objectively it wouldn't have gotten done that fast. If I agree, I say, agree. Bill Tiger and Rory yeah. get everybody together and say, and do the exact same thing. And so I, I understand that frustration, but man, there's just a better way to kind of go about getting all this done than partnering with the Saudi Arabian government and, you know, Greg Norman to create this, 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 uh, the live thing. I told somebody on Twitter, I said, Hey, you're right. And I'm sure somewhere, wait, I don't know where, cause nobody knows where Phil is. I'm sure he's not jumping up and down right now. going, Oh, they got it. They got it. They got it. Yeah. He, he could have done it. You're right. He could have made, I estimated the other day, I, I counted up between his endorsements and what CBS would have paid him. And Kyle, our company would have paid him. 15 to 20 million dollars. No question. Yes. So he yes. would have made 40 million dollars a year and been a hero for the next 25 years. Well, I and just this would have come too. Yeah, and and I don't know if there was like an inability to Phil's I I don't know. I it, it and Rory got asked this and he's like it's it's impossible to say like if stuff like this would have happened without live, but um it just seems like they could have done this with Phil, with Tiger, with Rory, with JT, with DJ, and without Liv. And maybe that's not true. Like, and maybe I'm just believing something that's a fiction, but man, I just I have a hard time believing that if Phil and Tiger and all those guys got together and like, hey, let's 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 sh-. and maybe maybe they wouldn't even have had like the 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 foresight to do such a thing if not for a threat like Liv. Maybe just that threat forced like players into this. Um, but man, a lot of changes happened in a short amount of time that I feel like if they would have partnered to at the very beginning with all this could have, could have also happened without like this absurd thing that has kind of fractured the, the professional game. You know what somebody said to me today that I thought was very interesting because Jay Monahan was very clear when he said, can these guys come back? But he goes, no, but you know, time you i'll never say never to anything i work for vince mcmahon for for god's sake and he did some crazy stuff they a person came up and they said coach what do you think about this what if because if if, if going to live bryce and dj i don't think it had a lot of effect but if they came back and you add them to the top guys now there's an effect he said what if you make them go to q school what if you make them start at the bottom That'd and be earn their way wouldn't that be sick that would be that would be hilarious. It, it be would. Hilarious. Uh, I mean, you, yeah, like you start over, like you have no PGA tour, like your your whole thing is is wiped out. That would be yeah. that would be pretty interesting to watch DJ playing. I mean, DJ wouldn't do it. Bryson might to watch Bryson playing on the Corn Ferry tour. <laughs> play in the fall <laughs> we got the cowboys and packers on cbs oh they're over there uh all right um that was actually a better conversation than i thought we were going to have on that so really really cool uh i think we've gone long enough very cool tonight for you kp uh 
Are you on tomorrow? I'm off tomorrow. Okay. Uh, Somebody will be here tomorrow. I know it's going to be Greg. I think it's going to be Rick and Greg tomorrow. Then it'll be Rick and me on Saturday and then the usual crew on Sunday. Nice job, KP. We'll see you soon, all right? All right. Enjoy round two, everybody. This has been the first cut. See you tomorrow. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.